Cinema Chat with David Heath, and I am the host of this podcast. And we talk about movies from just about every genre and also from every era. And uh, today we are going to call, well, not call, but talk about uh, the 1992 film. Unlawful Entry. Uh, the film stars Kurt Russell, Madeline Stowe, and Ray Liotta. Uh, it's uh, directed by Jonathan Kaplan. And Kurt Russell and Madeline Stowe play a well-to-do Los Angeles couple. And their home has a break-in. And while holding a golf club, Kurt Russell's character feels hopeless and helpless uh, to help his wife, played by Madeline Stowe, and they suffer the break-in, but they do come out virtually unscathed, except for mentally or emotionally. Uh, But they decide that they are going to be Loading up on security. Uh, A gun is something that Kurt Russell's character wanted. Uh, But uh, the cops that came by told him not necessarily a good idea. The officers that arrive on the scene are played by Ray Liotta and Roger Mosley, who would go on to both have important roles uh, throughout the film. Uh, Ray Liotta playing Officer Pete Davis decides that he's going to help 
the uh, the cars, Michael and Karen Carr, Kurt Russell and Madeline Stowe, uh, set up a security system. Now, of course, we have a hint right then and there that there may be an issue uh, with Officer Pete. Maybe he's got issues. Uh, but he helps him set up the, the security system and uh, he also ends up taking Michael Carr, played by Kurt Russell, on, on a ride-along. Uh, so uh, he gets to see uh, the work get done, the, the dirty work get done. Uh, and that's Shockingly, they find the perp. Is it okay to call him perp still? They find the perp that broke in the house. And frighteningly, Officer Pete, again played by Ray Liotta, invites Kurt Russell to beat the guy down uh, before arresting him. And Kurt Russell would watch Ray Liotta of course, it's not on the in the camera, but we know that Kurt Russell absolutely destroys this this perp, the alleged criminal, should we call him? Uh, the uh, The film turns very dark as Kurt Russell tells Ray Liotta to stay away from them. He was he was just uh, absolutely appalled by the behavior even though earlier in the movie he says uh, well i'd like to get my hands on that guy that came in my house and really was like uh, okay well you know well that's a little rough what he had to say but it turns out that ray Liotta is the real crazy guy but he certainly does this we're not going to offer any spoilers there's a good chance that a lot of people haven't seen this movie um but I I really enjoy it, uh, and I remember watching it at the movie theater and then renting it on Blockbuster, and I liked it just as much at home. Remember Blockbuster? I haven't talked about that very much on, on this podcast. Um, you know, while we're talking about a 90s film, do you remember those Blockbuster memories of just going in? Um, I, I think I might have shared this when we talked about Unforgiven uh, back, in, which was actually uh, the same year. It came out the same year as this movie, Unlawful Entry. But I think I might have shared this with on the podcast. But I'll repeat it. Uh, I, I go to I go to uh, Blockbuster and try to get Unforgiven, which I missed at the movie theater. Did not get to see it at the movie theater, but I did go the day that it opened uh, on on video. Didn't get there in time. Uh, so I went the second day it was available on video, and they said, um, well, we don't have any copies right now, uh, but if you wait here, someone might return it. Um, I waited a- approximately three hours <laughs> before finally somebody brought returned their copy of uh, the uh, Unforgiven, and so I got a chance to watch that. So that's a blockbuster memory for you. But, um uh, but uh, unlawful entry. Getting back to the film at hand, uh, this uh, is a, a true stalker film, and it has its riveting moments. Uh, for for one reason or another, well, actually, we know the reason. It's because of money. But 
movies tend to copycat each other and we had a lot of movies like uh, a lot of, a lot of thrillers and we'll we'll call it i guess a psychological thriller uh, wikipedia describes it as that i i just think of it yeah i guess it's a psychological thriller but um it does have uh like i said riveting moments uh, it scores 74 percent uh on rotten tomatoes with the critics it scores much lower with the users and i don't know what that's about but the the uh, most of the of uh, the Contemporary reviews uh, were good. Um, Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars, for example. Um, but I don't want to give out any spoilers, but uh, I do want to talk about each individual character. And this kind of helps me uh, to tell a little bit of the story without spoiling. And we'll divulge a little bit about the actors as well. Uh, but... Uh, Kurt Russell plays Michael Carr. He looks so young here. Well, it was 31 years ago. But he does look pretty young. And uh, this is a very similar film to Breakdown, which we covered. Uh, there he f felt like a hopeless husband. And uh, we didn't know how nefarious these people were that were... That we were dealing with and in, in breakdown uh, you can go back and listen to that podcast uh, uh, and i definitely recommend watching breakdown um, which one is superior i'm not sure i think breakdown probably is a little little more unpredictable shall we say at least slightly unpredictable uh, but there are some twists and turns in that that are unbelievable but uh, but uh, Kurt Russell, uh, yeah, similar role in Breakdown. Uh, of course, a year after this movie would come out, uh, you know, thir 30 years after a 30-year career in Hollywood, he really has a breakout with uh, the movie Tombstone, which is another movie that we've covered. We like Kurt Russell on this podcast, if you haven't noticed. Uh, but Kurt Russell here plays Michael Carr. He's excitable and temperamental. Um, not the most likable guy, uh, but he is a realist and he is reasonable. Uh, but he's not as likable here as he is in other in other roles. Uh, uh, he's also probably not as uh, tough as of a guy as he in uh, other roles. Certainly, a year later, he would play Wyatt Earp and and play somebody that's very likable and also very tough. But uh, Ray Liotta uh, plays a guy that's, uh, you know, Officer Pete. He's charming, but dark. And you realize real early in the movie that, that he's got a problem of some sort. May, but we don't know to what level. Uh, he's willing, though, in this film to commit unspeakable crimes. <laughs> unspeakable acts of violence uh he's dangerous and as you if you look real closely he's kind of petty too um then again kurt russell plays a guy that's kind of petty also but it's mostly like a pee contest between the two uh, ray Liotta coming off of goodfellas so you you, you want to look at a, at 
add a twofer, you know, um, you know, you got good fellas, uh, and, uh, and on one end and Kurt Russell a year later, or a year later played Wyatt Earp and Tombstone. And that, those are two <laughs> monster movies that these guys were in. Um, uh, but it's funny because in this movie, uh, Ray Liotta's character is a little more violent than Henry Hill is in Goodfellas. And a little more unreasonable, too, and uh, than he is in Goodfellas. If you look closely, um, Henry Hill is a charming guy in that, but uh, he, he's violent and he's mean. But he's not as violent as he is in this film. It's kind of a it's kind of a strange turn. One of the interesting things about the movie is it portrays some harsh police violence, and, and almost in the harshest sense. I mean, this movie is at times extraordinarily violent, so I should warn you on that. Uh, you might be appalled at some of the scenes in the film. And there's a case we made for thinking that this movie actually pushed a NT-17 rating. Uh, I don't see any evidence of that, but, uh, but yeah, there is a case to be made. Uh, Ray Liotta uh, would go on to uh, be another shady cop in Copland. In um, that one, he played more of a realist um, he had 124 credits uh, before he passed away in 22. Um, unfortunately, he was only 67 years old and probably had a lot more left in him. Uh, Madeline Stowe played the, the wife, <laughs> and her name was Karen, which, of course, it's fun to listen to Ray Liotta say, Come on, Karen. Um, I, I can't do Ray Liotta's voice, but of course that was his wife's name in Goodfellas. But this one, it's a wife that he's chasing somebody else. Uh, but uh, uh, Mount Stowe plays the the good wife Karen Carr, um, but she does think that her husband is at times being ridiculous with his thoughts and his activities. And it's one of those cases where um, Ray Liotta's character, Officer Pete, is showing that he's a nice guy. He really cares. You know, hey, you want to have a cup of coffee? You know, that kind of thing. But, you know, she's not on to him, you know, because he's not showing his true colors. And, and she sees a different different version of him. Um Madeline Stowe uh, had a really nice run in the in the 90s, uh, going back to the late 80s. So she would go on to act in uh, The Last of the Mohicans with Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, a really good film called Shortcuts. Um, she headlined a couple movies, uh, Blink, Bad Girls. Uh, she also appeared in... 12 Monkeys, a big uh, big film that was critically acclaimed, and The General's Daughter, which um, 
It's a movie that hasn't aged particularly well. I don't know what it is about that movie, but I did not like it nearly as much uh, when I saw it a couple of years ago as I did in the 90s when I first watched it. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. Um, maybe I'll watch it again sometime. But, uh, but it was a good movie at the time. I really enjoyed it anyway. Uh, but Malisto's career goes all the way back to a TV movie in 1978 where she played Mary, mother of Jesus. And and she was also in a Beretta episode uh, in the same year. Um, she's performed with Kevin Costner, Jack Nicholson, Sylvester Stallone, Mel Gibson, Daniel Day-Lewis. It's a pretty big list. And again, she's headlined a, a few films as well as the top build star uh, purposely though if you how we're going to reveal what happened to Madeline Stowe is that she just purposely slowed down her career uh, to focus on family nothing wrong with that um, she is 64 years old is that hard to believe or what uh, but, you know, sh I have to mention the fact that Ray Liotta played an absolutely fantastic role in this. It, it might have been slightly easier to play. I think sometimes it's a little easier to play a bad guy uh, than it is to play a good guy. You know, I think actors typically will tell you they'd rather play a bad guy. Um, and I think there's a few reasons why, you you, you know, you, you can... Um, I, I think you can you can ch you can be menacing a little easier than you can look nice without looking nerdy, if that makes any sense. Uh, but yeah, because in this movie, Kurt Russell does a fine job. Actually, there's times where he looks very angry, um, you know. But he definitively is is more nerdy uh, than Ray Liotta's character is in this movie. Um, so I, I think that's one reason why actors like to play bad guys. Uh, but Madeline Stowe uh, was just just a marvelous actress. She's just terrific in this movie, even though she doesn't get much to do. When she does get a chance to shine, she really does shine. And and that was pretty typical of 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 her. I think she's a very underrated actor, and I think that she deserves more accolades than what she got. Um, I think she's mainly just been in, in TV, uh, TV roles. Um, and then those are easier to do because you go on the set one day and, and you, you go home, whatever. You don't have to do a whole film. Uh, but, uh, she is, um, I mean, and she is, um, looking at positively beautiful in this movie too. And, um, uh, let's see here, uh, but she does not appear to be uh, 64. Uh, it's just hard for me to believe she's 64. Uh, but, uh, Roger Mosley, uh, played Ray Liotta's partner in this. Um, he clearly is expecting the kind of odd behavior from his partner, um, again, played by, by Ray Liotta. Um, Mosley played a veteran cop. Uh, that was savvy, and but he just didn't want to get too involved. I, you know, he was like one of those guys. He doesn't actually say the words, 
but he appears to be one of those guys that is trying to get to retirement and without getting killed. Uh, it, it, there's def, definitively some hints uh, there, but uh, Mosley was a veteran actor, um, and he had mostly been in TV appearances. He appeared in nearly every TV show from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, he was in 158 episodes of Magna P.I. as TC. Uh, so if you're wondering where you've seen him before, that may very well be where, because he appeared in 158 episodes. Uh, but yeah, tons of TV shows between the 70s and the 90s. He unfortunately died in 2022 um, in a car accident, and he was 83. Uh, Kim Lerner uh, plays uh, Kurt Russell's trusted friend and, and, and lawyer. Uh, he's also a veteran actor, been in a lot of TV series in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. <laughs> um, he's been in the business for a very long time and you'll probably recognize him and you'll go oh, he, oh that guy he's one of those that guys most of his appearances have been TV appearances though um, now um, interesting things about unlawful entry I was listening to a couple of podcasts as I sometimes do when I'm preparing for my show. Sometimes I'll listen to what other people have to say uh, about it and, uh, and, and reflect on it and think, you know, uh, how much alike or how different, uh, differently someone saw something than I did. Oftentimes they're seeing the same things. They might, you know, but, but in this particular case, I'm listening to these podcasts and I, I, I was fortunate to find three of them, and two of them were just slamming on this movie. And I don't want to say the names of the podcasts, but I'd be like, "You did not watch the same movie as I did. This movie is exciting. It's, it's, it's a fun adventure, even though it's not completely com not funny for the most part. Uh, there are, um, there are some really riveting moments in it, and I think it's." fascinating that other people just could, didn't like this movie particularly the movie goers on Rotten Tomatoes I'm going what in the world is going on here how could it score so low on the the viewer side of Rotten Tomatoes but then score high on the critic score uh, it's it doesn't seem like that type of a movie um, to do that but here we are and I was just really surprised I think this is a well-written script and um, and the the stories were written by uh, George Putnam, uh, John Kachmer, and uh, Lewis Kolick. Um, they had hardly any other work, and I think it's inexplicable after after this that they they didn't have hardly any other work to do. Again, uh, it was mostly working on TV shows, and um, I just thought it was really good writing. Uh, Jamie Anderson did a great job as a Senate photographer, and these are the two complaints that I heard. Oh, the you know the writing was bad, and you know, and the cinematography nothing exciting about it. The cinematography in this was great. We have a moment where we see Kurt Russell. Uh, I'm going to spoil a little tiny bit of the plot. Kurt Russell enters a 
enters jail and uh, the camera is on his body so you see it the way he sees the jail cell and there is also a a moment where he's looking out in from his cell and he looks um like somebody who's completely lost and i think that those are that's a fascinating shot i think it's a terrific uh, shot and i love the cinematography in this movie i don't know how in the world anyone could criticize it? But that was the that was a complaint that I heard. I thought, wow, this is really weird. And they complained about the writing. But um, I think this is a, a nice, tight script. Uh, now, let's talk about the director. Uh, let's talk about the director, okay? Uh, Jonathan Kaplan. Uh, now, Jonathan Kaplan is an, a director that truly has a career arc. And it's almost like nobody else's career arc. And I mean, I'm telling you, you look at his IMBD and I, I, I looked for Jonathan Kaplan, could not figure out how to get a hold of this gentleman. I would have loved to have talked to him on the podcast. Um, he is a, 75 years old or say 75 years old uh, right now he'll turn 76 in november of 2023 but uh, his career arc is something <laughs> now if you look at his imbd now uh, uh, for the folks that want to follow along at home uh, he was in movies like night call nurses the student teachers uh, uh, and uh, which were essentially soft porn films. They were Roger Corman films, uh, or Roger Corman um, uh, produced them. And and then he was in a movie, or he directed a movie with Jim Brown called The Slams. And Jim Brown actually was a, pre was a pretty good actor. But he wasn't in very many good movies. So I'll, I'll say that. And a few. But, uh, and, you know, then he stars in another uh, black story, black exploitation film, Truck Turner, um, and uh, a couple of more um, as he's getting close to being really mainstream. And then all of a sudden he does um, the movie Project X in 1987 with Matthew Broderick. Uh, which was a really good movie uh, and uh, just a really excellent movie about uh, a chimpanzee and uh, uh, and Matthew Broderick in it. Um, and of course, he made uh, a really great film, um, The Accused, uh, which uh, starred Jodie Foster. It's the and it's just that's a fabulous film that probably I should cover uh, at some point. Um, and then he directed All Unlawful Entry, uh, and then he directed um, Love Field, which wasn't a particularly big movie. It was, didn't make very much money at all, uh, but it did uh, earn Michelle Pfeiffer an Oscar nomination. Um, uh, he also directed uh, Bad Girls with Madeline Stowe. 
and Drew Barrymore, uh, which is a movie that I think is so much better than people give it credit for. And it might, it might be my undying love for Drew Barrymore that makes you say that, but but I think Bad Girls is a really good movie, and I I know it's not um, you know amongst the best uh, of the westerns uh, that were ever made, but no, it, it's still a good movie. Uh, but he would go on and eventually uh, be reduced to doing TV shows. Um, and so he had this, um, and, and I don't want to demean people that direct TV shows. It's just once you've made a few flops, Hollywood starts to not trust you. And so you end up going to jail, so to speak, um, to director jail. And that does happen to a lot of veteran directors. Sometimes you make really great movies for a little while, and then you just, you know, fade into the sunset on uh, TV shows like ER. And nothing wrong with uh, being affiliated with a, a show like ER. Which, by the way, I've never seen an episode of ER. I know that it was always... Uh, real popular show but I never saw an episode of it uh, this and as I said uh, unlawful entry it it uh, it didn't really spawn anything it didn't create a, a, a genre or anything it was just part of a long list of, of movies like this that were uh, sort of you know, where there's a sort of a creepy person in it that's a stalker. Uh, you know, one would be like uh, the the hand that rocks the cradle. I'm talking about very, the contemporary ones, the same one, the same time as this movie came out in '92. Um, the uh, the hand that rocks the cradle with Rebecca De Mornay, who plays a nanny who is um, just as psycho as the cop here. Um, and we also have uh, single white female uh, when one girl is obsessed with another girl that she wants to look just like her and act just like her and and um, you know which oddly um, like I, I I heard people say they like that movie a lot more than this one on the podcasts I was referring to earlier and oddly this Scores very low on IMBD and low with the critics. I was really surprised because Single White Female, I think, is a really fun movie to watch. Uh, but uh, the same thing with Poison Ivy um, with Drew Barrymore. Um, these are three completely different scenarios, but they're all very similar. What they have in common is there's a stalker, and this one, Drew Barrymore, is the stalker, and um, and. And she is quite terrifying. And I think that movie is so much better than people give it credit for. Same with Single White Female. I, I thought that was a more liked movie until I saw that the critics panned it. Oh, well, I don't care about that so much. But then when all the users didn't like it, or all the, all the you know regular moviegoers didn't like it, I was really surprised. To see its score so low on IMBD, 5.5. Uh, this movie, Unlawful Entry, scores 6.4 on IMBD. Uh, 
And for those of you who want to know what a good score is, really, if it's seven and above, you can almost bank on it that it's a, a pretty good movie. Um, and you may not like it, but it, you can pretty much bank uh, the fact that most people like it. Um, if it scores uh, below six, um, then most people don't like it. Anything between six and seven yeah, is kind of iffy. And if it's your style, then you like it. Hey, this movie's my style. It's 6.4. I like it. Unlawful Entry uh, starring Kurt Russell, Ray Liotta, and the beautiful Madeline Stowe. I want to thank you for listening to Cinema Chat with David Heath. And what a wild and crazy coincidence that my name is David Heath. They named this show after after me. That's cool. <laughs> Uh, please, please do me a favor and review the show on the podcast platform that you listen to, if you can, um, or join the show, uh, you know, you know, as a subscriber or whatever, help this show get more clicks. I would really appreciate that. Um, make comments on Facebook if you'd like, um, and tell me I'm crazy. Tell me I'm spot on, um. You know, whichever I am. Well, hey, thank you for listening. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Pete, uh, I want to get something straight here. I'd like you to leave.